It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And, you know, for it being summer, effectively, uh, and basketball done, football done, football spring practice done, there's a lot of basketball and football news. (laughs) There is, there is. Uh, College sports doesn't, doesn't sleep anymore, doesn't feel like. When it does, it's only for a few days, and then something happens. Yeah. Um... You know, I, I guess let's start away from the field with just uh, what I would consider to be the good news of the year. Mark Emmert's not going to be the coach or uh, not going to be the president of the NCAA anymore. Yeah, within within what, uh, 12 months, 14 yeah. months, I guess. Um, so, yeah, yeah. As, as with everything NCAA, the wheels move slow, um, uh, you know, and it is good news. Um you know, the the key is like who do you get to replace him and, and does the does the underlying foundation of what the NCAA thinks it is, which it's almost not anymore, but what the NCAA think has that changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean like are you just gonna get another figurehead that takes the slings and arrows on behalf of the presidents who don't really want to see things change and don't want to share the money and, and uh, you know, I mean I don't know. I, it's good that he's on the way out. I'm not sure that it's good that somebody else is on the way in. I, you know, it may just be change for the sake of change. That could be, but I guess where I land on that is I don't think you'll get a worse figurehead. You would hope not. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, you know, like uh, he, he, uh, I read Andy Staples column this morning, or I think he actually posted it last night on the athletic and, you know, he made some interesting points that, like, you know, Emmer kind of, kind of, I mean, he didn't say this, but it almost reminded me reading it of, like, Larry Scott with the Pac-12. Like, he kind of hit the ground running mm-hmm. and said, you know, we're going to do some new things. We're going to introduce some new ideas. And and now Larry Scott did introduce some new ideas, and they, they backfired. Um, Emmer really never got to the point of introducing new ideas. And maybe that was his fault. Maybe that was the fault of not being able to build consensus i i think if you want to say that a leader should be able to build support for his ideas and and that didn't happen and then he just became the guy who you know defended amateur sports in the face of mounting evidence that people were turning against this idea he just he just kept on defending it uh, you know uh, blindly and willingly it seemed like Mm -hmm. and you know look the model is changing we, oh, yeah. I don't think we have an end point yet. Like no. we're, we are pretty far from equilibrium, which is what we're going to get into with the ASU news of it all. Yeah. yeah. But, but college athletics is pretty far from equilibrium. And, you know, the NIL combined with the transfer portal combined with the immediate eligibility has created, right. you know, an interesting world. Uh, yeah. Very interesting. It's so, so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just like it's I've said this to you, I think, recently, like years ago, we would talk about certain things and say, you know, well, five years from now, who knows what this will look like? And oh, it might look real different. And we're here. And and I agree with you. We're we're not at the final destination. I don't know when the final destination will arrive or what it will look like, um, you know, to, to use a metaphor. It's like right now, college sports feels like a snow globe and and it's been shaking and shaking and shaking and the pieces are all over the place and like well 
at some point it'll probably settle down, but there might be a few more shakes before that happens. Yeah, I agreed. Um, you know it's a bad sign when when your organization is, you know, in such an upheaval that the leader of the organization's 14-month-in-the-future resignation <laughs> is greeted with widespread acclaim. <laughs> right, right. And and then, the, the you know, in the next breath saying, uh, who wants it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've read that several times. Like, well, there's plenty of people you could think of that might be good for the position, but do they want the role? Well, you and, know, you saw the president of uh, the Washington State school system said no today. Did he? I heard him as a, as mentioned, but I didn't see that. He said he looks um, yeah. forward to working with whoever it is in the role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it just it's a it's a high paying role. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one thing. Um, you know, so it's not like it's a terrible job, but you just get to you know you get to be the figurehead, and unless you're really a bold leader, somebody who could say you know, look, we you know things are things are changing, and if we don't change with them you know, we're just going to be left behind, which maybe that's what ends up happening. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. The NCAA has a lot of power still. And so I think the, you know, the predictions of like, Oh, uh, you know, the colleges will just go out on their own and run things like eh, that may happen, but I'm not, I'm not at that point yet. Well, and there's I still think... a lot of influence from that headquarters. Uh, well, it, one thing that's occurred to me with this is look at the two most, maybe not most recent, but two fairly recent attempts at bucking the traditional system, yeah. the, the soccer super league yeah. and the Phil Mickelson golf association. Golf league. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, both yeah, of those were met right. with, uh, you know, sort of a. I mean, we get it, but no, no one's asking for this right now. Things are entrenched. Yeah. Yeah. And, and influence, I mean, certainly I can, I can't speak to the soccer as much. I mean, I followed it a little, but I, I have followed the golf a lot and you know, the PGA tour is very influential and they have a lot of, you know, friends in high places and there, I mean, look, there are legitimate beefs with the Saudi league um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, basically taking money from the Saudi government to, to sports wash their reputation. That is all legit. That said, the PGA tour has a lot of, of influence on media that get that narrative out there mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and has contracts with the golf channel. And, and, and that's the same thing with the NCAA. And it's, I mean, we keep it closer to home with college sports. Look at, look at how many times we've heard, you know, well, this is going to be the, the, you know, the death of bowl games. We'll just strike, you know, I mean, remember 2020 when the Rose Bowl got moved, like, wow, they're going to realize we don't need bowl games anymore to host the postseason. And then what happened? The next idea for an expanded postseason still had bowl games mm-hmm. and and still had neutral site bowl games and more neutral site bowl games. And, and so, it was like, you know, like you should never totally rule out the entrenched influence. That doesn't mean things can't change. They can, but it's not as easy as it seems. It's not just like, well, you know, we're fed up with the NCAA. Let's do this on our own. Again, that may end up being the end result, but I don't expect that in the near future. Maybe a decade from now it's gone. I don't know. Yeah, it's it certainly feels hard to overcome the 
incumbency bias of the NCAA. Like, right. you right. could come up with a new system, and I think if right. you got a group of smart people together, they could probably come up with a system that's better sure. than what we have and allows for you know the players to make money and for the schools to make yeah. money in a, in a really fair way. But I'm not sure, even if it is a better idea, <laughs> that it's the idea that know. will win the day. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, what do you – I mean, the next step to that is, do you just say football on its own does that? That probably makes the most logical sense. But, you know, a, a group of schools, a big group of schools decides we're just going to do things our way. Because that's almost what football is now. A, mm-hmm. a group of 130 FBS – you want to call them that is not governed by the NCAA. They don't put on the postseason. They mm-hmm. follow their rules, but that's by choice. They don't have to. Uh, you know, well, I mean, and ASU is a leader in in innovation on how to not follow those rules. Right, exactly. Which we'll which we'll get to. Um, it, you know, but like they don't they don't organize it. That was that was never more evident than the 2020 season when you know there was no universal role of leadership in, in whether or not the season was going to happen conferences and schools made the decisions on their own and we ended up with you know the Pac-12 playing somewhere between you know four and six games and the SEC at Big 12 and ACC playing basically full seasons um Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean you could do that with football but you know like the NCAA you know there's a lot of slings and arrows thrown at them and almost all deserved they also they put on the postseason for every other sport and those postseasons run pretty well Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like the basketball tournament is a gigantic moneymaker and and has long term contracts with TV. And like, you know, people turning turning their nose at that. I don't think so. And, you know, and obviously no other postseason makes that much money or, or really probably makes much of any profit. But it still runs well. You know, mm-hmm. there's a college World Series in Omaha. There's the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. And, you know, like those those things are entrenched. And I don't know that they're going away just because we're we're fed up with ncaa rules Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's exactly where we're at right now so i don't know i don't know it's a fascinating future and i mean as as you said um we're we're not settled at all yet uh you know and so that's why this job I, i just like it's a job for someone who is bold and really wants to take on a challenge Cause it's, it's not just a come on in and, you know, I mean, maybe 20 years ago, this job felt like, a, ah, you know, what, man, I'll make a ton of money. I'll hand out the trophies at big events. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll do some press conferences. Pretty good gig. It's, it's not that right now. Yeah. True. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about what's going on with ASU and let, let's start with football where I suppose the biggest news other than Daniel and Gata getting a uh, NIL deal today. Right, right. Is uh, the the what may become of Jerry Bohannon, Baylor quarterback, starter yeah. of twelve games, and won the Big Twelve and Sugar Bowl for Baylor, yeah. Uh, yeah. entering the portal because he lost the starting job to former ASU commit Blake Shapin. Yeah. Yeah, full circle world, isn't yeah. it? We Blake Shapin might have been the starter here right now if he mm-hmm. had stayed with his commitment. Instead, he switched to go to Baylor and stepped up when Bohannon got hurt last year and won a couple games at the end of the season in the Big 12 championship game and and uh, wins the job in the spring. And yeah, now now the guy he replaced is is a 
certainly seems to be on our radar, if nothing else. Yeah, Doug Haller tweeted a reminder that Glenn Thomas coached him at Baylor before he moved yeah. on to UNLV. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I texted you this morning and the story and said, you know, I wish it's and I really had no illusions at that time that like, well, we could actually get him. It was more of a like, yeah, yeah, we should see if he's interested. Mm-hmm. Forgetting the Baylor connection completely that the offensive yeah. coordinator was there. Uh, but really just thinking like it's late in the process and, and how many power five schools have clear openings to be a starter? Not that many. So if he, yeah. I mean, he's only got one year. He's not a young guy who's got three more years. He's got one year to play. Yeah. Well, and that, so that also leads to the Emory Jones of it all. Right. Um, right. Because he's still out there. I, it's I'm, I'm right. That Sunday is the day to be in the portal to be eligible right. next year. You don't have to commit to anywhere by May, but you have to be in the portal by May 1st. Yeah, which Bohannon apparently is now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he obviously had to make that decision quick, which, you know, quick side note, and he's getting a lot of praise, and I think it's deserved. Classy by Dave Aranda to not draw this out until the fall like almost every other coach would. Yes. I mean, to, to say like, hey, you know, this is the decision we're going to make and give this kid the opportunity to play somewhere else. Uh, I think is a, a pretty pretty cool move by him. Yeah, it, it's the kind of move where in pro sports, you and I have talked about when the coach does it and when the coach doesn't do it yeah. um, and how it causes players to react. And now with the, you know, free agency of the transfer portal. Right, right. This is the kind of thing that, you know, is something that, I imagine Shapin will speak highly of Aranda, but also yeah. Bohannon will speak highly he of should. Aranda. He should, yeah. I mean, look, the kid has one year of eligibility left, so if he draws this out till the fall and makes Shapin the starter, then, it, you know, the kid's kind of screwed. I mean, he, you know, he can stay at Baylor, or that's it. That's his really mm-hmm. only option. Um, you know, so, because I don't even think he could redshirt necessarily. I don't, yeah. I don't think that option is there for him, so... I think he already used it um, earlier in his career. So, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, good move by him. Most coaches love to draw out the quarterback battle, especially in college. They, they draw it out until, you know, the opening game mm-hmm. or even later. You know, I, I would be willing to bet right now that, you know, the, the team we see opening week, Texas, does not name a starter prior to week one and, and probably says whoever the starter is, they'll play both. Mm-hmm. Because you know you got to keep guys in the fold, and you know so so classy move by him, especially given the kid only has one year left to you know let him know what the situation is. And yeah, I mean you know so look, Bohannon is he's a good quarterback. Um, I don't know that he's the difference between you know the dire forecast that you and I had about a week ago on the news of the transfers, which we got to discuss. It's been a while, but it has happened since the, you know, Gentry and Pearsall departures. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think he's the difference between that and winning, you know, 10 games, but I think it would be an improvement over what we have right now. And I would probably choose him over, over Emory Jones, having seen Emory Jones in person and, you know, watched a fair amount of Florida last year was, was never that loud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bohannon, you know, he didn't win the Heisman or anything like that. I'm not saying he's, you know, going to come in and light the world on fire, but I, I think he's a better quarterback than Jones. Yeah, for sure. Um, And and look, I, I think, as I texted you, I'd be 
happy to land either at this point because given yeah, the yeah. given the Gentry and Pearsall news, uh, right, and who right. knows what will happen between now and Sunday. Exactly. Um, exactly I think yeah, it's in, you yeah. know it's important to be realistic that adding talent as opposed to hemorrhaging talent, you know, <laughs> sure, is good. For sure, and and both of them have starting experience, which we don't have on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. When, you know, of our five and, scholarships and major conference, zero stars. you know, yeah, yeah, major con, you know, and and some success. I mean, Emory Jones, he was a he was a favorite whipping boy for Florida fans last year because of the little glimpses of Anthony Richardson and how good he looked in those little glimpses. Um, but you know, he was a solid quarterback. He, I mean, a he lot almost beat Alabama. <laughs> he did. He did. And and you know, their their bad season was well beyond just him. I mean, he you know. He didn't have a great year, but there was a lot more going on there, I think, that caused such a disappointing year. Um, and, you know, so, yeah, would I would I be happy to have him? Sure. But if I'm choosing, and maybe we're in the position of choosing, who knows? Um, uh, you know, I would I would go in on Bohannon. Uh, you know, I would I would do what I could to get him because, as you just said, you know, he, he started 10 games and won a Big 12 championship. And Emory Jones went six and six last year. So, you know, give me the guy who has success on his resume. Um, let's flip around now to the sadness. Uh, as you yeah. alluded to, since we last recorded, Ricky Pearsall, the number one with a bullet receiver I guess. for the team yeah. on the returners yeah. in terms of productivity. Uh, and Eric Gentry, thought to be a cornerstone of the defense, going to replace butler and you know line up with soeli and robertson right, to, to make right. a, a still intimidating linebacker core both entered the portal um yeah obviously neither's committed anywhere else so there's a chance you could get them back but yeah seems unlikely um i mean you never know i guess but i i read pearsall visited florida speaking mm-hmm. of florida um, and I also read him connected to Notre Dame. I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that. That was the initial speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, certainly, again, we've, we talked about this with Remy Martin. We talked about it with Jalen Graham in basketball. Like, you know, you have an opportunity to spend, I don't know how many years he's got left, maybe two. Yeah. I mean, I mean Gentry's got, is so weird. Gentry, Gentry, I believe, got, has four. Because yeah, well, I don't think, did he use his for more than four he, games? He played enough last year. I think so. So I he's got he, you know, four years to play three. three. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Pearsall has, at the most has two. Mm-hmm. Because he was here in 1920 and 21. So, <laughs> I mean, I know that was an accident, but it would be hysterical if he was here from 1920 and 21. If he was here in 1920, that's true. Yeah, good call. Yes, yes, yes. I, I know that, that wasn't what know. you. I know that wasn't what you were saying. But, I that, meant, <laughs> but yes, there there are guys that we've had who sometimes it feels like have they've been around since 1920. He's yeah. not one. You know, his career was actually seemingly pretty rapid. Although um, he was the thing that's scariest about that is he's a local guy. That's it. You know? that I was going to say, I mean, the, the the reasons that these two guys hurt are different reasons. Pearsall is because he's the local guy. He's kind of the underdog story made good. Kind of, a you know, I mean, he was a scholarship guy. He's not like a nothing, but, you know, not a heralded recruit from Tempe, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of lost in the shuffle behind all these talented receivers we were supposed to have. And he ends up emerging as, as you know, one of our better receivers, albeit in a 
bad passing game, but still one of the one of the more reliable guys we had. You feel like yeah, that's something you know, something to to be excited about. Even if the team stinks, it's like okay, yeah, you got this cool story. And then Gentry for the opposite reason. He's the he's the blue chip recruit. He's the guy with the NFL size and I mean freshman really All-American. I was gonna, yeah, I mean a really good freshman year that you feel like all right, he's a he's a cornerstone that we can build around for the next two to three years. And to lose them both in the same day was just like a you know a punch to the nuts and a punch to the gut. And like man, like this this stinks. Uh, you know like. It, Two of two of the guys who probably you were most excited about what they could be next year, yeah. and and they're both gone. Like, ugh. I mean, I get it, I know the reasons why, but man, it it stinks nonetheless. Yeah, it's it is a frustrating development for the program. Yeah, in an off yeah. season full of frustrating full developments of for the program. Yeah, then been about a year's worth now of uh, you know what when did the news break of the ncaa stuff last was that like june last yeah summer it was last so? summer it was after spring ball yeah it was early yeah. last summer yeah so i mean we're, we're coming up on about a year where it seems like most most of the news emanating from the football program has been negative for one reason or another i mean we had a we had a nice little short spurt there mid-season when we when we started to play some good football and we went to utah at what five and one or whatever it was mm-hmm. and you thought you know we could we could still do something this year and at halftime it felt like we were going to but aside from that little stretch it's been mostly uh, you know bad news after bad news it feels like well and the craziest thing with the five coaches being fired and things is edwards yeah. at 68 years old is not a lame duck coach, even though he feels like it. I know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really does. I mean, it just, it seems so unlikely right now that I he's mean, here for more than another season. And, I mean, and yet, short of winning 10 games, I, I don't know what you do unless we're just going <sighs> to, unless, unless the attitude is, well, we just aren't going to try to win in football. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe I mean, later. I, I, but not right now. I mean, he's and, he's 68. Yeah. We're under major NCAA investigation. We fired five assistant coaches or right. allowed some to resign. They right. all were like right. they all were fired. Let's just oh, sure. call it what it sure. is. Um, you know, what do you do? Like, yeah, I, you know, but but then you ask the question. Okay, who's going to fire him? I mean, it doesn't appear to be Ray Anderson. And so then is Ray going to get fired by Michael Crow? Doesn't appear so right now. So it almost feels like if the season really bottoms out, I think Herb just walks away. Mm-hmm. I think that, and then, and then maybe Ray Anderson does too, you know, and maybe that's our, that's our lifeline is, you know, we, I, I think we texted about this in the last few days and I said, you know, in pros in pro sports, if you bottom out, you get high draft picks in college. You don't, maybe that's our version of high draft picks. If it really goes bad, Perm leaves and Ray Anderson thinks, well, you know, I hired my best friend and he's gone and what am I doing here? And I'm going to go back to the NFL where I can have a, you know, a no-show job probably if I want it in the NFL and make a lot of money or something. And, you know, maybe that's it because a a six and six season, I could, I mean, I hate to say this, but I could see it just being like, well, you know, man, given all the bad hands we were dealt, we got to, we got to just keep going with this. I, I want to be wrong, but I, I can see it. 
Yeah, I mean... I think the expectations are so low for this year that six wins and a and a bottom-tier bowl game would be like, wow, great job, I heard. we got to keep this going. Like, no. Uh, no, I don't think we're getting to six wins this year. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm not sure we get to four. But if it happens, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It's not ideal. And I'll tell you, it, it's not done. That's part of what's so no, frustrating. No, it might not be. Because we're staring down the barrel of an aging coaching staff where our best defensive coach by reputation coaches the D-line and has pro history and mm-hmm. probably is gone if he doesn't get promoted. Yeah. Uh, and on offense... He, Aguano was rumored yeah. to be in the Hawaii job hunt, although right. that seemed like sort of it out of nowhere like since reach, he's never was, called plays. Yeah, and Hawaii was in like a really desperate situation. It felt like, you know, I mean, the, the Graham mess and all of that. Again, one of those full circle moments, Todd Graham uh, mm-hmm. coming back into our world. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's not a lot to like on this staff. I mean, it's, you know, so the, the new... Defensive coordinator, is, if I'm remembering right, is Donnie Henderson, is it not? It is. Who's old yes. and, you know, has seen better days. Um, the offensive coordinator, we've talked about at length, you know, comes with a resume that isn't really all that stellar. And he's 44. <sighs> like, he's young, yeah. but there's not, it's not like, you he's know. not, you know, it's 32 not, and young and innovative or yeah, something like it, that. It's not yeah. Lane Kiffin getting hired at Tennessee where you're like, right. oh, okay. All right. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, like there's just, there's not, uh, you, you've, you've been on it and I've never disagreed. Um, you know, Rodriguez, the defensive line coach is the one coach that you look at and say, that guy seems like he's, he's done got very it. well. He, he's he, got, he's gotten the most out of this group. He's, you know, last year we were dealt a rough hand with low leg getting hurt and they were still a very good position group. Um, and he's good. And, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you look at this staff and there's not, there's not a ton to be excited about. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I, in the immediate aftermath of the Gentry and Pearsall news, I know I texted you and said, you know, I'm not sure that this team is, you know, is not potentially the worst record wise, at least, uh, of the years that you know, since 2004 when we started school here. And right. I, what was the I record? Kind of feel that way. What was the record in Danny's year? Four and eight. Four and eight. Yeah. I'm not sure that, I see four and eight. That, I mean, that, I, that know, certainly feels on the table. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, you know, we're, we're a long ways from, you know, game to game predictions. I know that, but you know, non-conference, you feel like should beat NAU and Eastern Michigan at home, mm-hmm. very likely lose at Oklahoma state. That yeah. seems like a pretty safe bet. So there's two, but I don't know. I mean, and I, and the Pac-12 is not, you know, it's I mean, not the SEC Arizona West, and Colorado, maybe. I, I mean, I guess those are your hopes, yeah. And maybe, you know, or or you pull a, an upset somewhere. I mean, you know, look, the Pac-12 isn't loaded with national championship contenders, but, you know. But you're probably Utah, not beating SC. No. You know, you're probably Utah's not beating probably Utah. really good. Um, SC, I think, will be much improved. UCLA is good. Uh, and then, you know, from the north, who do we get? We get Washington. I don't know what to make of them. Not mm-hmm. sure what to expect from them this year. And they're at home. So I guess maybe that's a winnable game. Um, who else do we get? Who's who? Do we go to Stanford, I believe? Yeah. I think Stanford's on right. the road. 
Washington State, I believe, is on the road, and then Oregon State here. Like those, I mean, Oregon State, I think Oregon State might be could be good. Oregon State could be yeah. a threat in the North. They could, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, like like I mean, going over some of those teams, like I'm not, none of them really jump out except for Utah and and maybe SC as being really good, but it's it's more us. It's mm-hmm. it's the you know it's mm-hmm. not you it's me type of thing. Like I'm not saying any of those teams are great. I'm saying we might really stink. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's clear. We're not world beaters this year. No, no. I mean, so, I don't know. You know, we'll see. Uh, obviously, I haven't paid close attention to some of the other teams. I mean, even Colorado, that's a road game. Mm-hmm. And, well, you know that? I mean, that could be a difficult place. I think we go in October, so probably before the, before the, the weather gets the weather. tricky. But still, like, you know, who knows? Now, I don't. I think Colorado fans are probably about as down on their program as ASU fans are right now. So uh, who knows? Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't don't see it, and that's that's why the whole quarterback thing. I mean, am I sort of intrigued by Bohannon? Sure, or Emory Jones? Sure, but I mean, I'm not sure if we added Bryce Young that we'd be any better than you know six wins because you know quarterbacks got to have talent around him, and we just don't have much. Yeah. Um. Well, let's uh, on that happy note. Let's flip over to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> where Jay Heath has entered the transfer portal. Yeah. Jay Heath, who just arrived from Boston College, uh, yeah. is gone now. We did add the Cambridge brothers and uh, the other big man from Nevada. Yeah. Washington? Yes. Am I remembering that name right? I believe grew up in Phoenix. Yeah. I think he's a local kid. Yeah, started at Oregon State apparently, and mm-hmm. then went to Nevada. And yeah, I mean, just just again the opposite of Jay. He started at, I mean, he was BC, right? He mm-hmm. was BC, came to ASU. Now, now, I mean, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but the whole immediate eligibility thing—that was supposed to be a one-time deal, right? Yeah, but I think everyone's assuming it's going to continue, right? Like that's all the I mean, way I, everyone's talking. I thought it was supposed to be a not that it wasn't going to continue, but like you got one transfer where you were immediately eligible, and then if you transferred again, you had to sit out unless you were a grad. And maybe is Jay Heath a grad? I don't know. I guess he might be. I, it's hard to keep yeah, up. I don't. But know. I mean, that was my thought when I heard that. I was like, well, does he have to sit out? But I don't know. I I have I can't follow all the machinations of it but um listen the rules yeah, are there ain't no rules okay? it kind of feels that way yeah yeah i mean you know I, I mean jay heath was was not a you know huge contributor last year but he did play some he was part of that rotation and mm-hmm. you know I, I keep going back to you know when i went to the very last game and realized like man we could have you know seven of our nine man rotation back well now we're down to five yeah, because Graham's gone and Heath is gone apparently, mm-hmm. and yeah, we've added some guys. I mean, I, I guess that's that's good. I mean, we're not just losing players and not bringing anyone in, but yeah, it's not football, right? <laughs> right, you know. But but then again, it comes right back to the you know I I just can't I can't stomach another you know November December January where we hear well we just you know we're just gotta find our used, getting used to each other like well keep guys around then you know I mean I like. Yeah. You can't get off to such a miserable start like you did last year because it cost you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that team could have – they made some noise late, but it was way too late to really have it amount to anything. Well, and of course, you know, we made it to the Pac-12 tournament where we 
choked, choked again. Choked the first game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, and now apparently Marcus Bagley's coming back. Yeah, I saw really that. haven't talked about that, but I guess he, I mean, he apparently, you know, tweeted something shortly after uh, he's coming back and, you know, uh, who knows, hey, man. I mean, that's this, a, I think he is a uh, Bob Sanders, you know, if he yeah. plays, great, yeah. great, but yeah, right. whatever. Right. Yeah. Let's, Possibly, yeah. Let's pick yeah, this. I mean, can we just pick the six games we want him to play at the start of the year? <laughs> kind like, of feels like that's going to be the case. Yeah. Like, can yeah, he I mean, play like one non-conference game, the two Arizona games, the two games before the conference tournament, and the first yeah. game of the conference tournament? And the conference tournament, and see if that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know how good these guys are. We brought in. I mean, I guess the. The kid from Nevada is a big man, so that helps. Yeah. We need, you know, and we obviously he, needed I mean, somebody. In terms of knowing each other, one of the Cambridges came from Nevada too. So that's you, true. You that's would think true. that yeah. between playing with your brother and playing with a former teammate, you would find right. some rhythm. Maybe, right. maybe right. they are a, a you know a hockey line. You just play the three <laughs> of them together. Bring the three of them in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, there's there's enough. That's mildly intriguing about the you know the group next year, um, but just a lot of ifs. You know, if Bagley can stay healthy, if the guys who are coming back can take a step forward, if you know Boyashi more than anybody can take a step forward. Really going to need him to, you know, if go he from can, if he can just two to ten. You know, I, I think he's starting at a lower level than Bashinsky did, but if he can make the yeah. progression that Bashinsky made. Yeah. You yeah. know, year two, he should be a serviceable big. Now, if he makes yeah, the progression be. of a Ruslan Pativ, um, right. that's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. It took him four years and that's, yeah. I mean, first of all, if it takes him four years, he's very likely going to have that fourth year at another college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big one. You know, if the new guys can, I mean, if, 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 uh, you know, bottom line is like, I, I've set expectations very low for football and I don't want to say I'm happy, you know, if we win six or that's not the case, but like, I just, that's my expectation level is probably less than six mm-hmm. for basketball. I don't really care who's on the roster. My expectation level is you need to make the tournament. It's, it's been, you know, two years in a row, you've been far from the tournament, mm-hmm. not even on the radar in March. And so I don't really care who's on the roster or how you get it done. You need to get it done. And if you don't, what are we doing here? Well, then this is one of the things that, you know, is additional fallout from the turmoil in the athletic department is, yeah. does it even matter for Bobby Hurley? I don't like, know. That, you know, the, there's a big fire happening at Sun Devil Stadium. Do you yeah. notice that there's also smoke coming out of Desert Financial <laughs> Arena? I don't know. That's a good good point. Yeah. I mean, who knows who's going to be, you know, running the show in the athletic department next March if, if the season has gone off the rails again. I hope it hasn't. Um, I'll tell you yeah, who the I fans mean, might get behind. CTT for AD. <laughs> oh, for AD? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I was gonna say I don't think I see her being the basketball coach, but uh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm mildly intrigued if she wanted the job. I, I don't know if she does, but uh, you know, she's she's got institutional knowledge of ASU. She's she knows the facilities. Fairly popular, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, Can't you know, be worse. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule it out. Let's say that. Like, oh, no, I hate that idea. Like, eh, okay. Uh, I mean, would it be interesting? Sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, you know, I mean, we're we're even further from basketball season starting than, than football. And I'm still rounding into form what I expect for football. Mm-hmm. But, the, the, I mean, I'm not even, like, saying, well, we're going to get to the tournament because X, Y, Z, and we got this, this. No, I, I don't. Not saying we're going to. I'm saying that has got to be the expectation. Missing the tournament three years in a row as a major conference school, when the tournament, you know, is 68 teams and takes teams that you know many times are barely over 500 overall, uh, is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, you know, with that, I think that covers all the ASU stuff. Yeah. So the last ASU-related topic I thought of is what round in this weekend's NFL draft does the first ASU player get drafted, and who do you think that player will be? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to say I have a pick. Okay. Darian Butler, round five. That's Hmm. that's, Okay. I'm picking him and round five as my... All right. I'm going to say I'll go Rashad White, round four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I think we could have several guys drafted when it's all said and done. I don't know that anybody goes, certainly I don't think anybody goes tomorrow night. And I'm not sure I see anybody going round two or three on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Kellen Deesh, I think, has a decent chance to get drafted. Donovan mm-hmm. West, probably decent decent chance. Yeah, uh, Chase Jones. Lucas or Jack Jones, maybe, you know. Could be undrafted free agents, but, you know, could could be a, a late-round pick. And They're then, the type of guys who I could see the Patriots or a Patriots-type organization yeah. saying, yeah, we don't want them to potentially go somewhere else. So we'll, Sure, you know. sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always so hard when you and, get and into ja- that. Like. And is Jack Jones anything but a Raider? Like, let's, let's be real. <laughs> Kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he probably should finish out there or go there at some point. Yeah, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's what, I mean, if you take the two guys we mentioned and those other, like, potentially six guys, mm-hmm. not bad, not bad, you know, I mean, that brings into, you know, play the, well, was was eight, four good enough if you have, you know, six guys that maybe get drafted or, and, and I think we both fall on the side of no, it wasn't, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, not, not a bad group, um, and hey, uh, you know, I'm rooting for him. None of those guys, uh, you know, or, or Vontaze Perfect or anybody like that, where I'm like, oh, God, you know, good riddance. Like, you know, to to their own varying degrees, they all did a nice job here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lucas was probably a little overrated at times. But, you know, five years as a starter, give him credit for, for his, you know, stick to and leadership. You know, Jones was talented, a little up and down, obviously, but pretty talented uh you know donovan west was really good you know position that you don't think much about but you know interior line but i was gonna say but best most consistent lineman yeah (laughs) yeah you know adish was good for two years as a you know left tackle for us um you know butler we've we've raved about butler for years and how reliable he was and and rashad white was obviously awesome last year and you Mm -hmm. know that eight and four is is eight and four because of him. Without him, it's probably five and seven. So you know, 
Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, I, I, I'm intrigued to see what all of them do. I don't, you know, odds are good that some of them will not ever make it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, but I, someone I like could Sean be White. someone could be Lawrence Guy and yeah, be could. around for a decade. Just still amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, been around and won a Super Bowl, at least one, I believe, mm-hmm. maybe maybe more than one with the Pats. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, pretty impressive what he's managed to become um, a guy who no, no pun intended, a guy uh, who, who never didn't really become the player he was supposed to be at ASU. Like, mm-hmm. given the fanfare, three years here, he was never really a standout. But wasn't he like a seventh-round pick? Yeah, by the Packers. Very so he never yeah. never played for the Packers, was released, yeah. and then... Bounced around yeah. and ended up with the Pats, right? Yeah, and found a home. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, if I had to... If I had to pick one of those guys that I think, like, will they still be in the league in four years, I'd go with Rashad White. Yeah. Just because, I, you know, running back's so tough. I know it is. I mean, you know, he could easily be lost in the shuffle next year and be out of the league in two years. But I just – I like what he brings to the table as a runner, pass catcher. Uh, you know, he's durable. Uh, I, was, I was impressed by him in two years. Yeah, to me, I think it's him – or one of the corners because i yeah. think lucas is the kind of like like lucas could become a special teamer who's just yeah. he's a gunner and that's what he does and he sure. does it well and you know so well that he's just around for place for a few years eight years yeah, yeah um, i can see that yeah you know and jack jones the same thing i i think he has the potential to be you know, a uh, dime corner and yeah. kick returner who just yeah. is around, you know. But, the you know, the big question with him is, like, can he keep the head on straight? Yeah. I mean, and, and I was even going to say, I don't mean this to be me, but if you ask me, like, most likely to, to be out of the league in two years, I'd probably choose him. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the guy who, to me, seems like the one who is the hard knocks guy who you root for who's going to – not quite yeah. make it is uh butler uh yeah you know? yeah agreed i mean it's all it's all fit for him I mean, probably all these guys it's fit. Yeah. i mean again like we said don't expect any of them to probably go in the first two days so it's all where you land does the right opportunity come up do you you know you have an injury in front of you and you get an opportunity to be a starter and you you shine in that role um or you know do you go and you're kind of you know you're on special teams you're on the practice squad you bounce on and off and two years from now they've drafted other guys that could do your job just as well and you know you're you're gone i mean it, you know it happens mm-hmm. so yeah i mean uh, you know it's an interesting it's interesting having this many guys that could be could be drafted I wish we had, you know, one or two that were like, man, they could go, you know, on Thursday in the first round, or if not, they're going to go early second. We don't have that, but you know, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where they all land. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we could have more guys drafted than Pitt. I just think Pitt's going to have a higher drafted guy. Probably. Probably. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a number of schools. will have higher drafted guys, Liberty, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of those, some of those places that are off the radar, um, but you know, I, I'm uh, curious what the draft brings tomorrow night. Overall, I mean, it seems like uh, 
you know, you read the mock drafts and there's 75 guys who are going to go in the first round. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll, it's going to be uh, one thing I'm interested in is when the first round's done, like I think there's going to be some pretty big name guys that are like, wow, they didn't get picked. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely going to be receivers at the end of the first round who you're surprised they're still there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the second round really like, especially first, and maybe this is more for me, because I've followed, you know, the draft a lot, you know, through the months leading up to it. But I think second round is going to be full of guys who are like, wow, that guy was projected as a first rounder by various people. Because, again, I, I mean, reading the, you know, there's like a tier of maybe 15 guys that like, yeah, they're they're going to go first round. And then that like second half of the first round, like you see guys projected to go there. And then in one mock draft, they're going to go third round. Like, wow, there's a mm-hmm. there's a wide variety on these guys. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to get into? You know, we well, I mean, a, a quick note, and I texted you about it. Happy to see the Nets get swept out of the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah, i I don't understand. Like, I I understand Harden quitting on them. I I don't understand. I listened to Zach Lowe and Bobby wow. Marks today um, on the Low Post talking about it. It's like. You sign three guys and showing up in shape and available to play, you got one of them with Durant. Yeah, right, know. right. It was coming off, you know, an Achilles injury two years ago and seems awfully injury prone since then. I mean, he's been very mm-hmm. good when he's playing, but man, he's had a lot of nagging injuries since then. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's in his early 30s year. now. He's Yeah, he's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I... I I don't hate Durant. Um, he makes it difficult to like him with some of the stuff he does. Um, but I was particularly happy to see, you know, Kyrie Irving get swept out, mm-hmm. uh, to see Steve Nash get swept out. Now, you know, the James Harden thing, look, they, they better not blow this three Oh series leader. He's going to be the object of folly, just like Kyrie Irving and Durant are right now. Uh, and they're halfway to doing it. And I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to have to win game seven in Philly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they see them win in game six at Toronto tomorrow night. So that makes me nervous. Um, and, and Harden has, you know, from what I've seen, he's just kind of like become kind of ordinary. I don't know what's happened. Well, the, it's the interesting. Extraordinary player doesn't seem to be there anymore. They talked about that. He seems to have lost the ability to get by guys. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know this, but I'm just parroting what Zach Lowe was yeah. saying. Is it seemed, they saying that he's using the ball now as a weapon and he's like pushing guys off with the ball because you're allowed mm. to do that. You can't use your arm, yeah. but you can put the ball into guys. Yeah, so. yeah. And, 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 you know, I know that was theorized at the start of the year that like with the – with the emphasis on not, you know, calling so many fouls, basically, you know, giving guys the pump fake foul, the jump into somebody foul, would that take a toll on him? And I mean, maybe it has, that was one of the things he did so well was get to the line mm-hmm. and, and he's still getting to the line, you know, more than most, but you know, not as frequently. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, you also wonder he's getting older. You know, you just mentioned it about Duran. I mean, Harden, Harden's been in the league for, what, 13 years now? Mm-hmm. He was drafted in 09. Um, getting older, has not kept himself in the best of shape. He you enjoys know, the offseason. 
yeah, he's not, you know, you hear these stories about LeBron and all the money he spends on his body and that's helped him have this longevity. Like, you don't hear those stories about James Harden. Uh, he seems more the, the Shaq type. Like, he, he uses the season to get himself in shape, which, mm-hmm. you know, that works at times, but it doesn't work to have a good, you know, 18 to 20 year career like like some of these guys are now. Yeah. You got I mean, The end of Shaq's career was all the time. You know, when yeah. he finished da- yeah. filling out the Skittles colors of jerseys with the Celtics <laughs> right, and the right, Suns yeah. and the The last four or five years of Shaq were not great and I I kind of wonder if we're headed for that a little bit with Harden except for the difference being Shaq was still, you know, 7 foot 1 and you could just throw the ball inside to him and he could get you 20 points. Um, you know, Harden's a ball handler, a shooter. If you're in bad shape, I, you know, I, how effective can you be? Mm-hmm. Without reinventing his whole game. Right. You know. And I just, I don't know that he's got, and I mean, I know I don't like saying this because I, I love James Harden, but I don't know that he's got the drive, the work ethic to do that, to, to do, you know, what Kobe did at the end, mm-hmm. which is kind of reinvent who you are. Or Dwayne Wade even kind of did at the very end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that Harden is going to be in the in the gym every day in the off season working on that. I, I don't I don't see that. No, I think he's much more inclined to just be, Coast. be Keith Van Horn, told to stay yeah. away and keep getting a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know. He's due for an extension this offseason, right? That was part of the reason. That yeah, the Nets, well, because remember, know, he accidentally missed the opt-in deadline. Right, right. <laughs> was right, just, right. A, just a paperwork error is all. Right, right. So he's not a free agent, right? He's, he. I mean, like, he's still under contract with the Sixers one more year, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I, but I he, think that's the case. You know, but I I know that there was the big thing of well, it was an accident and it was just right. a mere oversight by his agent. Right. You know, the uh, no, person. I, who, yeah. Oh, I agree. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not buying that necessarily. But I like, you know, boy. I mean, that depending on what happens. I mean, if they win this series and they get to the conference finals and he flips the switch, okay, that's different. But like, gosh, if you're the Sixers, uh, do you give him a big money extension? For you know, four or five years, I don't, I don't know that I would. Mm-hmm. I'd be very nervous that that becomes exactly what you just said, the Keith Van Horn, where it's like, dear God, we're stuck with this guy on our books for four years at you know, two hundred million dollars or some insane amount like that. Hmm. I mean, it's interesting because you know you just traded to do this, but you traded Ben Simmons, who didn't wasn't playing for right. you and apparently wasn't going to play for anybody. One guy play for anybody, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you you got some value there. Um, yeah. So maybe that is the answer. Is you I just guess. are like, well, we'll let's play out the one year since you didn't opt in. Play it out. Uh, yeah, I would. I would. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just, you know, you 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 look at like the you know albatross contracts that like John Wall has become and Russell Westbrook has become and. Like man, I'd be I'd be nervous that James Harden is going to be that. He, well, he has not kept himself in good shape. He's uh, he's know, a malcontent. Like, man, I, I mean, let's yeah, let's be honest. He's he forced is, his way out of two places in thirty six months. In, uh, less than that. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, you know, he forced his way out of Houston. What last January when the, or December when the season yeah. started? And then you know, so 
little over a year he's pushed himself out of two places. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, again, I will always like James Harden. Me too, he's, but I, I well, yeah. if, if I was an but, NBA GM, I don't know that yeah. I would pay him. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I mean, he's he is one of those guys – sort of like ASU in general. And I've said this, you know, used this metaphor to you before, like, you know, it's like the, the family member who you love, but you also acknowledge that like, man, they, they're kind of a screw up. Mm-hmm. James Harden is kind of that love the guy always will, but I got to acknowledge that like he, he brings some baggage and it's not all good. Yeah. It's, you know, like Jimmy Butler comes with baggage, but Jimmy Butler's right. baggage is all competitive from a desire right. to win. And, right. you know, Harden's baggage seems more like a guy who he he's there because you pay him. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, and he kind of kind of feels like you know a little bit of a like he he's a generation too late. Mm-hmm. Where you know like when you were a big star and you enjoyed being a big star and you like I said like Shaq you mm-hmm. use the off season to you know kick your feet up and be a star and go to the clubs and get overweight and then you'd come back in November and you'd drop the weight and you'd round yourself into form. But that's, that's not how it is now. These guys stay in shape, you know, 365 days a year. And if you're falling behind, you can't make that up. Yeah. It becomes impossible to catch up. It does. It does. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I'm crossing my fingers that they can at least win this series and then, you know, see what happens, but it just doesn't feel like it's going to end well there. And then, you know, and I mean, I said this about Westbrook. It feels like he's becoming late career Allen Iverson. We're just going to change teams every year. And every year it's going to be like, well, maybe he'll have a big impact there. And like, no. He's, and then he'll go back to Oklahoma City. His time having a big impact is done. <laughs> and he might. He might. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like. Who knows? I, I don't know. It feels like both of those guys are very firmly in that position now in their careers where it's like they're not the player they used to be, but they haven't adapted their game to be a complimentary player. So what are they exactly? They're a, they're an overpaid, somewhat of a has-been. I hate to say it, but that's kind of mm-hmm. how it feels. Still a Hall of Famer. Oh, for sure. No mm-hmm. doubt. He's all, He won an MVP. He won scoring titles. He's He's going to the Hall of Fame, and that should not be poo-pooed. But I guess, you know, I had hopes maybe four or five years ago that James Harden was going to reach a level of, like, you know, top 20 player of all time kind of level. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that being the case. Yeah, Comfortably, he's, he was top 75, wasn't he? He was in that NBA yeah. 75. And I think very deserved, but that's that's probably it. You know, like he's, he, you know, and there's no master list, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, he's, he's going to move up, but like he's, he's, you know, he's comfortably in that, like I said, that Iverson feel of like, man, that guy was really good. He, he could score with the best of them. Did he ever really win anything? No, unfortunately not. Yeah. Got close, got real damn close, but whatever year that was that Chris Paul got hurt, they probably would have won the championship if, if Paul doesn't get hurt, but you know, ifs and buts. Well, we'll be back to talk about all of the rest of the draft, the NBA playoffs, the ASU offseason. We'll, by the time we're done, the transfer portal will be set for eligibility. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. Next week when we talk, it'll we'll, we'll know if we've lost anybody else for next mm-hmm. season. 
Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.